Brought to you by the Garage Logic Wives Choir, advertising their Valentine's Day concert indoors at Garage Logic High School this year. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Oh. Is this where you talk? Joe, I've been a Catholic religious educator of youth in this area for the past 20 years. When looking at the recent situation with the Covington Catholic schoolboys who were confronted by protesters, a few thoughts came to mind. When recently members of the GL team had a problem with the look on Nick Sandman's face or the smirk, I would encourage all to put yourself in the shoes of the young person at the risk of sounding like a euphorium. When you are approached by a person banging a drum in your face, how are you supposed to react? Is this a daily occurrence for this young guy? Most likely not. It was most likely very awkward and a bit frightening. Notice how I did not use the word scary. Thank you. I am not sure how I would have reacted in the situation. Uh, However, I applaud his self-control and realization that this is being filmed and people are watching. To some, there was nothing in that situation he could have done right. He was wrong for being white, male, and Catholic, and wearing the hat. I'm adding that. When the first group of black Hebrew Israelites were targeting the youth, why did the chaperones allow this to continue? At the least, this was a very unsafe and dangerous situation. I have been at many events with young people, and as a leader or chaperone, I would have removed the youth for their safety immediately. I wouldn't have given them permission to chant school spirit songs or even stay. I am relieved that this situation was not worse and someone was not hurt. It is horrible that young people cannot even go and see the Lincoln Memorial without being harassed or threatened by protesters with clearly an evil agenda. It is an unfortunate reality of today's world. The rash to judgment is a complete exposure of the left and media's agenda. Agenda. 48 to 72 hours before we know the real story would have been best here. Even by members of your own staff, the rush to judgment was swift. Social media and the soundbite news is the death of truth. I work with many young people, even my own children, on this idea. Twitter and Instagram and what people tell you is not news. Don't give up on truth, real truth, your own truth. Not biased sound bites that manipulate you into adopting someone else's truth. Don't be lazy. Ask questions and form your own truth. Uh, the article in the Wall Street Journal, he linked it to me. I read it. Uh, I love the use of the word mob. I also like it how it was not questioned that this young person, Nick Salmon, is now branded for life. The judgment and condemnation he received is deplorable. The only truth in this situation is that the mob mentality will stop at nothing to demonize those who think differently than they do. Difference in thought to some means less worth as a human being, resulting in complete disregard for truth and justice. Love the show. I listen every day. I play parts of it for my own kids. We discuss and we respectfully challenge each other to be better people. Thank you for being a voice of reason uh, in this uh, times uh, in this time of a void of truth, Brian. You know how when, I when did he send that yesterday? Because. Your staff came clean yesterday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he sent it uh, today at 9.17 a.m. Yeah, well. January 23rd. Oh, yeah, this is Garage Logic well, Podcast number 84. 
But wait, I'm not done with the introduction here. I'm sorry. This is Garage Logic Podcast number 84, January 23, 2019. 34 below in 1886 on this day, 54 degrees in 1942. Yeah. But Kenny, he might have just heard Monday's show. Got See, Kenny, right the way now. podcasts work, they they <laughs> oh, listen boy. to them when yeah. they want to. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you know how I uh, previously had defended the idea that there was no such thing as fake news. Do you recall the conversation we had about that? Yes. Because I've gone out of my way to defend the last vestiges of journalism as I know it, mm-hmm. and, and so I, I've I insisted. I think uh, I don't know when it was months ago. No, there's really not fake news. There's terribly biased news, mm-hmm. but even in the terribly biased news, you can find kernels of truth and fact and form your own opinions. But this story, which was not a story, uh, compels me to to admit. Yes, there is fake news. This is a story. This is an example of that. Most of which this was fake news originates from social media. Yeah, this was I, fake well, news. It I, didn't exist. It's fake. I, I did go back and look because we talked about it yesterday. Yeah, a lot of the major news outlets didn't report it as news. You know what I mean? They reported the social media, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. they, they didn't say this is the story. They said on social media, blah, blah, blah. Well, I did it again. And according to San Francisco <laughs> Gate, the town, Park Hills, Kentucky, which is essentially a suburb of Cincinnati, uh, is under siege with people protesting. And, oh, I bet. Yeah, and, you know. Our own uh, Ilhan Omar has uh, chimed in. Yeah, oh, I bet she has. I'm going to get to that, okay. get to that okay, right. <laughs> Let me find that. Yeah. Uh, NBC's Savannah Guthrie. Is she a Today? uh, She's the morning show on uh, the Today Show. Well, liberals criticized her uh, for giving Sandman a national platform, but conservatives criticized her for asking if he should apologize to a Native American activist, Nathan Phillips. Uh, My personal opinion is that Sandman does not owe Phillips anything except to give him the time of day if he was asked for it. Okay. Uh, The idea that... uh, that uh, Guthrie would do that is because she has to stay in the club, the mob. Right. She can't. She can't reveal herself to be someone who's rational and sees the facts. And working with the likes of Matt Lauer. She's in the club. Right. She's in the mob. Right. What, what does she expect? I'm getting through this a lot because we're not going to spend a lot of it uh, on time today. Here it is. Uh, Tom writes, even after new evidence of the Covington incident has exonerated the boys from any wrongdoing, except in the eyes of those in the deepest parts of the mystery, Omar Ilhan still thinks they were at fault. Tuesday night, she tweeted that the boys were advocating for rape and harassing the black Israelites. Wow. This prompted a quick response from the boys' lawyer, Robert Barnes, who retweeted Ilhan and told her, this is libel, retract or get sued. I sure hope the taxpayers would not be on the hook for her legal defense or damages. Wow. Well, I think she's great. No, she's no, serious. No, no, she's that's, a, that's, no, that's, she's that's a fresh that's young that's face in Congress. She's a loud she's, mouth. She's diversity. Loud it's, mouth. It's, oh she, no, uh, you're wrong. She's a, she's a fresh fu- uh, she, young uh, face. Is it we, only a two year? Is it only two years? She yeah. seems okay. blindly ignorant. We need we need voices like this, Kenny. She's a very sharp young woman. She's Re- representing a, she, the dumb people. She represents a diverse uh, constituency, <laughs> and she's a fresh, fresh voice standing up to white patriarchy, <laughs> imperialism, colonialism, racism, homophobia. You name so it. She, we have her on our side. So she people. came out and accused <laughs> the kids mm-hmm. of going after. The Israelite guys? Yes. Yeah, which was, it's completely false. It's the opposite. It's basically. the opposite. Wow. 
Uh, she says the boys were protesting a woman's right to choose and yelled, it's not rape if you enjoy it. They were taunting five black men before they were surrounded. What? Uh, Phillips and led racist chants. And Sandman's family hired a right-wing PR firm to write his non-apology. Yeah. Well, I think she's wonderful. I'm wow. glad we have her. Uh, she gets to wear her hat in the chambers. I think, is, it's, I think it's great. You so, die in St. Louis Park. It's you're wonderful. This is the wonderful. first I've heard of this accusation that the kids were saying it's not rape if you enjoy I don't know it. anything about that it's accusation. It's the first time I've heard that. There's a lot of different videos have that you, have been put together. And did I you hear not, that? I have not analyzed the video. I was sent this from one of my moles in St. Paul, a very trusted mole, and I just I was on my way to work when I saw it, so I... I haven't seen the video, but uh, they said there's a video, but it is cut off. And you know who was saying build the wall? Who the black Israelites? They were mm-hmm. to, in a, to frame in a, in a taunting the, way to frame the mega boys. Yeah, no, no, just they were saying it, but the <laughs> but the uh, the mob reported that the boys were saying it. Well, no, no, they weren't. They weren't. We it's are false. so screwed. Uh, here's one more story to add to the mix. Uh, John Zapancic alerts me to this. Uh, this is from the Catholic News Agency. While chanting and playing ceremonial drums, a group of Native American rights activists, reportedly led by Nathan Phillips, attempted January 19, that would have been just this past Sunday, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, to enter Washington, D.C.'s Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception during a Saturday evening Mass. The group of 20 demonstrators... So this would have followed... Uh, the 19th was a Saturday. Saturday, 19th was a okay, Saturday. Okay, Saturday. Yeah. This would have followed the Friday the 18th <coughs> activities on the link, near the Lincoln Memorial. Yes. Correct. All right. The group of 20 demonstrators... So this was the next day. Phillips wasn't done causing problems. The well, group of tw- to worship, huh? The group of 20 demonstrators was stopped by Shrine Securities that tried to enter the church during a 5.15 p.m. vigil mass, according to Shrine Security, on duty during the mass. It was upsetting, the guard told Catholic News Agency. There were about 20 people trying to get in. We had to lock the doors. The guard said the incident was a disappointment during a busy and joyful weekend for the shrine. We had hundreds and hundreds of people from all over the country come here to celebrate life, to celebrate each other. Uh, that a protest tried to come inside during Mass was the worst. The guard told CNA the situation was tense. I'm just grateful that nothing bad happened. They were very angry. A source close to the Shrine's leadership corroborated the security guard's account, telling the Catholic News Agency that during the Mass, Phillips and the group tried to enter the church while playing drums and chanting and were prohibited from entering the building by security personnel who locked the main basilica doors with the congregation still inside. Phillips was the subject of national media attention, of course, because of the uh, uh, Covington uh, situation. Uh, I'm trying, I think the story might tell me why Phillips and his uh, uh, fellow travelers wanted to get in. Right. What was his beef? The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation reported that about 60 people gathered outside the shrine in support of Phillips on Saturday night, though it did not mention reports that Phillips and some supporters attempted to disrupt the evening mass. Video footage showed one supporter saying that the group had gathered at the shrine to listen to Phillips and to hold the Catholic Church accountable for the alleged actions of the Covington Catholic students and for the colonial violence that the Catholic Church reproduces every day. Every okay. day. Every, every day. day. Every Got day. it. A photograph attached Jeez. to the post shows Phillips addressing the group outside the shrine. The security guard told the agency that the incident was especially distressing given that Mass was underway. It's a house of worship, a place of prayer where people come to celebrate. All this anger is so against what we are about here. 
he told the a news agency that he'd never witnessed anything like it during his whole time of employment at the Basilica. Uh, I don't know the details of what happened on Friday. He's referring to the Covington incident. I wish I did. All I know is it's a shame and it's not going to do, uh, it's, and it's got nothing to do with why people were here. All of this happened on our biggest event of the year. I hope we never see it again. Okay. That a boy Phillips, Nathan. Wow. The, apparently the uh, well, a professional I activist. I had not seen this either. The video uploaded to Twitter uh, has a teenage boy yelling, "It's not rape if you enjoy it." As others around him laugh, uh, it's unclear if he's a student at Covington. He is standing amidst those from the original viral video who have been confirmed as students. There, he's wearing a T-shirt with Cincinnati Bengals logo. Oh. After having blurted out the comment, the boy turns his head from the camera in apparent shame, while those surrounding him laugh, and a girl's mouth uh, is open in disbelief. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I did it again. I don't know. I, I got to quit doing blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you blah. do. Uh, so is it, we don't know if it was a Covington student. No, he was with the Covington students. Yeah. That's basically Could have been one of them. Could have yeah. been. I don't know. It's disrupting a church service. Can you imagine if it was anything else, if you were dis, uh, disrupting a, a mosque or something or uh, oh, or a Native American celebration? Or I well, mean, so, if the shoe was on the other foot, sure. can you imagine the backlash? So he wants to get into the uh, the the church, pounding the drum and saying uh, you've been committing acts of violence for years. Well, and you... let's just let's just take take the Native American dynamic out of it. Okay. Uh, where is his moral and ethical clarity? People are having mass. Right. You shut your damn mouth until mass is over. Right. You want to stand there when people come outside and bang your drum right. and protest? Hey, I uh, guess go ahead. But where's your clarity? Where's your moral and ethical clarity? Phillips doesn't show me anything. I, I would agree show with me you. a damn thing. I would agree with you. That's. I think that's off limits. As would a. Uh, it would be temple. off limits at a Lutheran or yes. Baptist yes. or anything, or even a mosque. Yes, yeah. all of them. I even turn my radio down when I drive by the Lutheran Church right. on Sunday. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, Reavers. Are we familiar with an attorney by the name of Robert Barnes? Does yeah, I think he represents that? the kids. Yeah, he does, and he's also issued a statement in response to what Rookie just read about Elon Omar, saying that this is libel, retract, or you are about to get sued. This was dated uh, late. Get the scan <laughs> money up there. I'm sorry, I was paying it. I didn't know if you already said this. Then you shouldn't say anything, because we just covered this already. Well, I was monitoring. No, there's no excuse. Right, You're I'm getting sorry. a scan. I'm sorry. You're going to find out what's wrong once and for all. Oh my God. All right? <laughs> and that, uh, the Tim's getting pretty full, too. Let's put them on the table and open them up ourselves. Yeah. I don't know what we found. I'll bring a no. saw. Holcomb already showed us what we're going to find. There's nothing there. <laughs> nothing by there. By the way, ADA IPA should be ADD IPA. ADD IPA. Reaver's defense, uh, working with you guys for three days this week and three days last yeah, week. Yeah, we can't uh, wait for you to leave either. Full schedule. I kidding. think I know what Chris's problem is, and uh, I, I feel bad for you. I feel bad. For you, my friend. Wow. What's his problem? He works with you, idiots. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, I should have been paying attention. I was monitoring something else. It's, Good morning, Joe. I try to limit my emails to your show, attempting to only contribute what I might consider to be of some value. I like to think of it as an extension of the idea that you should only speak if you can approve upon the silence. In full disclosure, that speaking rule is rarely adhered to when I get together <laughs> with my golfing buddies, but I digress. I think I might have a million dollar idea. Ooh. 
You have often said that major news stories need 48 hours or more before we get the details. Even the non-stories, such as the Covington High School students, require days of scrutiny to, to discover the truth behind the social media images. GL provides a patient, measured approach to reporting on these stories. You do the legwork by visiting multiple news sources and websites to gather information and break it down in logical fashion. But GL is just a daily podcast and cannot possibly cover all the stories. Here's the idea. I think he's got something here. An online news service called the 48-Hour Rule, a site that does exactly what you guys do. Investigate all the major stories and break them down, but no sooner than 48 hours after they break. Maybe even tying this to garage logic. I do my best to jump from site to site to get as much legitimate information possible, but it can be frustrating to sift through the bias and misinformation that you are bound to encounter. I would love to have a site like this to go to that I could trust that is going to give me facts rather than opinions, even if those facts challenge my positions. Dennis Prager, who I admire, by the way, radio host, uh, put it best when he said he desires clarity over agreement. I could not agree more. Wouldn't that be something to have a site in this country called the 48-hour rule? They wouldn't last, though. You know, everybody wants information right now. No. Right now. It's to have two big red X's for the first 24 hours. But that's a brilliant idea. It is. It's wonderful. Why not tease for two days? Here's what's happening today. This is we're going to talk to disruption. This. The there's been a story. disruption in Washington D.C. purportedly involving some con- uh, uh, high school kids from Kentucky, mm-hmm. some black Hebrew Israelites, and some Native American protesters. Uh, don't pay any Stay attention tuned. to what you think right now. We'll have it for you in 48 hours. In the meantime, they're going to get all the BS, right? But then, yes. after 48 hours, 72 hours, or even more in this case. You go to the 48-hour uh, website, bing, bang, boom, there are your facts. That's brilliant. And I'm going to do that. the news you just heard. <laughs> <laughs> we That's know you heard it idea. once. Here it is again. <laughs> uh, Kelly just writes, Joe, you made reference to the fact that maybe all of this could have been avoided if the news industry had asked more questions who, what, when, where, and why? Is there a link between that and the newspaper industry being bought out and stripped down to bare essentials to mm. make a profit? Yeah. I believe you were talking about this in the last couple of weeks. Uh, good luck, Kelly in North Carolina. I thought about uh, Kelly's email. And, and uh, uh, in part, uh, the American news gathering newspapers are, are suffering dramatically from a depletion of resources. The, yeah. the newsrooms are empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's just not what it used to be. But that's only in part. Uh, the, the news gathering institutions have pretty much given themselves over to the mystery, generally speaking. Yes. They are attracting, they are attracting to their employ uh, people who buy into the template. You know, climate right. change is real, guns are bad. I mean, we know the whole list. Right. And, and, uh, I'm afraid that uh, it's only part of it uh, that the newsrooms are so depleted of personnel. Do you think if if they would have held on and and uh, implemented uh, what they were supposed to do with their editor, with uh, being unbiased, that newspapers would still be more popular? No. Or do you think no. they just the train left the station? The train, and never... the train left the station yeah. with modern technology, yeah. and they didn't see it coming the same way Detroit didn't see the Japanese invasion coming. I right. am made fun of. I'm sure you are too daily almost All the time. for reading newspapers at home. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm not. Not at home. We still get three no, papers to the door. I mean, I get the papers at home, but people who know I read them in different places make fun of me. They're yeah. saying, do you know there's this thing called the Internet? You know, yeah. I get that all the time. One of them is Reavers. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it is, actually. I, I like reading the newspaper. I don't, I don't make that. fun of you for that. So <laughs> since I've started back up here, I've been buying a daily paper. A mm-hmm. buck fifty. Mm-hmm. Every That's single day, thing. every single day to the well, same cashier. Well, let's say 1948, cashier. all right? <laughs> every day to the same cashier, I go, you know, I remember. And he goes, let me guess, 25 cents. <laughs> Do you know, uh, Mr. Royce, our old buddy, used to say to me, you know, people, they go buy a cup of coffee for four and a half bucks, but they can't buy a bleeping newspaper. By the way, Kenny, uh, yesterday you were uh, marveling at the fact that sometimes, maybe it was Monday, you were marveling at the idea that uh, sometimes you'll encounter in your woodland walking a power pole that appears to be vibrating or buzzing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, John Fram, who is now GarageLogic's expert on the electric uh, oh, good. delivery industry, says, tell Kenny, uh, tell Kenny the buzzing's in his head. Have him take his meds, he'll be fine. But then he adds... Electric line buzzing is associated with corona discharge. That is when the air around an electric line is ionized. That can be attributed to improperly installed lines, connectors, and hardware, or dirty insulators. Oh. You know, that is so weird because I had corona discharge in Mexico about three years ago. Oh, it was really, really nasty. It's disturbing. What is that? Is that this or? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Because I got another million dollar idea. Go ahead. We got Before you. the break, I want another million dollar That's idea. That's fine. Right. It's from Downing, frequent contributor Downing. Yep. You boys hit on your best million dollar idea ever on Monday, January 21st. All right. Too bad you didn't realize it. Oh, he's taunting. <laughs> I know he is. <laughs> right. You reported that the Minnesota State Fair is raising the 29 teen ticket price by a dollar. Mm-hmm. However, you can still get tickets at the old price. All you guys have to do is pull your money, oh, God. buy one million tickets now, and then resell them at the new price when summer comes. One dollar profit per ticket times one million tickets equals a million dollars profit. Brilliant. Literally, this is a million dollar idea. <laughs> Put me down for four tickets. I'll pay you in August. Hmm. Put me down for seven bucks. I'm I've got about forty bucks in my account. Yeah, I just got paid yesterday. He's asking four guys that <laughs> just lost call. their job. We yeah, you guys call. should pull your money together. <laughs> oh, that'd be five. <laughs> five <laughs> guys. That'd be five guys. Paid yesterday. No money today. Gone tomorrow. Okay, just a minute. Let me pursue this seriously. Yeah, okay, for a break this no, down. seriously, break seriously. This down. Okay. Wait, I got the calculator. Hold on. No. No what? Illegally. Oh. But go ahead. So let's say I took a million bucks. I've got one million. And I bought a million dollars worth of state fair tickets. Well, wait a minute. Wait First a minute. of all, how much is he? What are they, seven, eight bucks? No, they're, they're 13. 13. They're yeah. going up a buck, though, next summer. So you're going to spend. You need 13 million. 13 mil. Oh, to make mind. a mill. Yeah, See, that's a math thing. You had them at a mill. At a mill, you had them at a mill. At a mill, I was yeah, interested. I got, <laughs> what we got here? You can buy 76,923. Tickets at thirteen bucks a piece with one million dollars. Now you take that times fourteen, which is the new price. If you've I got, we're going to make about seventy six thousand dollars. If you've got thirteen million dollars to buy one million tickets, we're going to have some issues here, my friend. I don't. Okay, <laughs> I don't. You better not. But he knows some guys that are probably playing golf right now that could get their hands on that. What the hell are you doing here if you've got that Let's stay in the math for a minute. Sanibel Jim knows I shouldn't be trusted with math, but he assures me that even I could find this comprehensible. 
All right? Yes. Uh, here is a swell math trick, Joe. This one really works. It will only take you about 10 seconds, and amazingly, it will reveal your all-time favorite movie. I'm fairly good at math, so I did it in my head, then on paper, and finally on calculator, just to check my calculations. Each time, I got the same answer, and sure enough, it's my favorite movie ever. Do not cheat. Do your math, then compare the results on the list of movies below. You will be amazed at how wonderful and accurate this test is. You ready, everybody? Everybody got a pen and paper? Yeah. Uh, Pick a number between one and nine. Oh, I know this one. I know, but it's fun. Uh, Pick a number between one and nine. Five. Everybody, I don't need to know what it is. I need, use a, five? I need a pen. Can you get a pen? Oh, for no. God's sakes. <laughs> I'm out of paper. Multiply that number by three. Okay. Yep. Times three Got equals it. 15. Add three. <laughs> yep. Uh, wait, plus three yep. equals 18. Uh, nine. Joe can't make it Multiply three. by three again. Yep. Times three is yep. 54. Mm-hmm. Add those two numbers together. Nine. I can do that without my calculator. Okay. I come up with the number nine. Everyone nine. should come up Me with the number nine. nine. Yeah. Everybody has nine. And we yeah. go down the list what? of movies, and number nine is the Nancy Pelosi resignation speech. Put up the phone. Works every time. Wait, is she, is she Beavis or Botox? She's Botox. That's right. How does that work out to nine for everybody if we all use different numbers? Well, remember, it's a, it's a, remember the guy the you guy, had at the fair? The nine was nine the magic is the number. Key to well, that's, no, that's, that's Scott Flansburg, the human calculator. That's voodoo is what that is. Remember yeah. that guy? Scott Flansburg, yeah. the human calculator. the devil. Yeah. I'm still in touch with him. Every once in a while, he'll no. send me an email. This is the devil's work. Isn't we, that odd? Are we going to have him on next what year? What number did you pick, Kenny? Five. What'd you pick, Rook? Seven. I, I had two. I had six. I had six. What Reeves had? I had six. It, it doesn't make Reeves any difference. You yeah. come up Reeves with the Nancy lying. Pelosi resignation speech. But <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, boom. That's Beavis is, uh, and Botox. That's, that's evil. damn good. All right, thank you. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> Let's visit the John Height Podcast Newsroom, shall we? Thank you, Joe. St. Paul Police. Say Buddy hey. Ebsen. No. <laughs> Wasn't he uh, Beverly Hillbillies? Jed Clampett. Jed Clampett. Buddy who played Jed Clampett. That'd be Ebsen, yeah. Why, Say, what did I do? Did I deserve this? Did I not Ebsen. give enough to the church? What? Why do I have to sit here with a moron doing a crossword puzzle? There's some people you know playing golf right now, yeah. too. John Height in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. Once support. again, St. Paul police say they think a man suspected in a series of random assaults in the McAllister, Groveland, Merriam Park, and Snelling Hamlin neighborhoods has been arrested in Minneapolis. Because this guy was a jerk. Yeah, this was uh, a goofy story. Yeah. Minneapolis police took Justin... Kanakoa into custody on Sunday on suspicion of auto theft. A 19-year-old woman reported her silver Subaru Outback was stolen about 9 in the morning, January 7th, on 3rd Avenue South. On that same day in St. Paul, a 53-year-old man reported he was almost hit by a Subaru Outback at about 11.20 in the morning. He yelled at the driver to watch where he was going. The driver got out yeah. and slapped him in the face. I remember this Too bad story. this guy didn't encounter the right guy. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think I do. Minutes later, a man in an outback damaged a vehicle in an alley in the area of Ashland Avenue and Pascal Street. He then slapped a 71-year-old witness to that accident. Jeez. On the afternoon of January 10th, a man in an outback pulled out a metal pipe and told a 73-year-old man to, quote, get away from here, according to police. 
The suspect described at the time as covering his face with a scarf or ski mask, but people could see he had a teardrop tattoo. Police think the same man hit a 21-year-old man in the face with a wrench on Dayton Avenue near Fairview, December 12th, and soon after threw a Gatorade bottle at a 19-year-old woman on Roblin Avenue near Cleveland. Kanakoa is 38. He's not been charged in the auto theft or the St. Paul cases, but is being held right now in Hennepin County Jail. angrier than Alec Baldwin. (laughs) (laughs) Alec pleaded guilty today, by the way, to uh, that little... Parking space dispute. He's had more than one dust-up recently, hasn't he? He's uh, he's had a lifetime of dust-ups. He's had a few, yeah. uh, He hosts, you know, the match game, the new match game. Senate leaders... Green. Hi, Joe. Are you out of your mind? He does. I've seen it. For knowing that. Oh, I don't watch it I think, because I've I'm, seen a, it. I'm a huge fan of the Well, we uh, know show. you've seen it, yeah, we, we Mr. Musical. Right, right. We, uh, How was it last night? Oh, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Johnny. Thanks, I really, Joe. really don't want any more interruptions for a while. Senate, I kind of interrupted myself there. Yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry about that. Senate leaders agreed to hold votes this week on dueling proposals to reopen shuttered federal agencies, forcing... Uh, Political reckoning for senators grappling with the longest shutdown in U.S. history. They'll have to either side with the president or vote to temporarily end the shutdown and keep negotiating. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell set up the two shutdown votes for Thursday, a day before some 800,000 federal workers are due to miss a second paycheck. Mayor of New Brighton pleading guilty to one count of DWI Tuesday. According to a criminal complaint, Valerie Johnson charged with two counts of third-degree DWI, one count dismissed. Johnson was also sentenced to two years of supervised probation Tuesday, according to court records. A spokesman said the city did not have a statement on the matter at this time, although she did make a statement at last night's city council meeting apologizing. According to the complaint, a St. Paul police officer was called at 1.55 a.m. Sunday, County Road E and Old Highway 8 in New Brighton on the report of a drunk driver. When the officer got there, two New Brighton officers said they thought the driver, identified as the mayor, might be impaired and asked the St. Paul officer conduct a Field sobriety test. The complaint said Johnson's breath emitted an odor of alcohol. Her eyes were bloodshot. Uh, she blew a .17. According to the complaint, she showed multiple signs of impairment during the what, field sobriety test. I missed test. the, uh, what time of day was it? 1.55 in the morning. Oh, okay. Nothing good happens at 2 in the morning. You don't got to go home. Oh. She was trying to. Right. <laughs> Before 2. Nothing good happens after right. 2 o'clock. Right. I didn't know I could drive a bus. Right. Yeah. We uh, have another person in the presidential race already. Oh, good. Pete, I don't know this guy, Pete Buttigieg. He's the mayor of uh, South Bend, Indiana. That's correct. I was so drunk last night, I took a cab home. Did you? You guys need a cab? Uh, You want to buy a cab? I don't know what to do with this thing. I had to process that. You know, I'm really, I'm constantly looking for a way to get Federated in here, but I don't want to harm Federated by having that inserted on any of you morons' comments. I know. uh, You, for years, did these Federated ads where you told people the mistakes they're making behind the wheel. You stole that bit from me. Absolutely. Absolutely ripped it off. (laughs) Pete Buttigieg, the 37-year-old mayor of South Bend, announced he's launching a presidential exploratory committee for Foghorn the Democratic. Foghorn this guy. Foghorn anybody from any party who's already trying to run for president in 2020. <laughs> a pox on their house. Told supporters in an email, this is a season for boldness. Mr. Buttigieg is... 
is a Rhodes Scholar and Naval Reserve officer who served in Afghanistan. He won his first term as mayor in 2011. He announced he was gay in a newspaper column in June 2015 and won re-election in November of 2015 with more than 80% of the vote. Isn't South Bend home to Notre Dame? Yes. It's probably a failed academy town. They just love this guy. Uh, he is Harvard. Notre Dame and Studebaker. That used to be. Really? Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Harvard-educated. Of course. He gained national attention by seeking the chairmanship of the Democratic National Committee in 2017, but dropped out of the race shortly before voting started. Uh, He married his husband, Chaston Glesman, in June, would be the nation's first openly gay president if ever elected to the White House. He's expected to travel to Iowa next week to meet with voters in the nation's first caucus state. You know, in the wake of this... uh, uh Political season, you you need common sense in your side. Your business needs common sense. I want you to get a hold of Federated Insurance. They offer property, casualty life, disability, income insurance. If you're worried about a cyber attack, they'll take care of you. These are dedicated people. Federated Insurance realizes one size does not fit all. That's why you... Uh, you go to people like Federated who break it all down for you. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who, carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a Federated Insurance marketing rep to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive. I've been to their headquarters. It's a really, really neat operation with very dedicated people. They know what they're doing. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. John, did the story mention how old his husband was? It did not. Okay. I just wanted to know. You think he's a There was a cradle robber there going on. Well, this guy's not very old. 37. 37. Yeah, I just wanted to know how old the hubby was. 12. No. No, I don't know. No, 50. 50. Who knows? Who cares? Move on, I care. You were worried about us? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, Kenny, quit doing your crossword puzzle and look up the guy's husband. No, that was the answer for the next one was 12. I'm perusing uh, Twitter now. (laughs) Rudy Giuliani's (laughs) latest media blitz, which was filled with, uh, well... A lot of, let's say, uh, classifications and misstatements apparently agitated President Trump and some of his allies who've raised the possibility that Giuliani might uh, at least temporarily be sidelined from Wasn't he allegedly interviews. hammered? Some folks were uh, saying perhaps Ooh. Rudy had, had had a couple drinks with lunch ah. before he went on television. Yeah. Trump apparently frustrated with Giuliani, according to three White House officials and Republicans close to the White House. Uh, the president told advisors he felt his lawyer had obscured what he thought was a public relations victory. The special counsel's rare public statement disputing portions of that BuzzFeed news story that Trump instructed his former attorney to lie before Congress. The president told confidants that Giuliani had, quote, changed the headlines for the worse and raised the possibility that Giuliani could do fewer cable hits, at least for a while. That BuzzFeed story, by the way, feeds into what we've been talking right. about the last three days. Right. It's amazing. That's a, that's a disturbing story. Target customers will soon be able to check out of the store with a wave of their smartphone. <laughs> Here we go. I tore this one out, and I wrote on the headline, Joe? Question mark? Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. This is you. I can see you doing this, yeah. Such. The word that ca- first I thought- of all, you'd have to get me to go to a Target. <laughs> well, but it would improve uh, your your bad waiter. If you're a bad waiter, you might That's you wave true. the thing yep. and you're zipping right through. A Minneapolis-based retailer we said, could "Sell this to Such. We yes. could talk him yeah. into doing this." Look at that big line. Oh, you just wave your credit card. Minneapolis-based retailer says its stores will soon accept Apple Pay, Google Pay, and Samsung Pay, 
and contactless cards for MasterCard, Visa, American Express, and Discover. This is evil. No, we're calling this the Sooch Line. This is evil. (laughs) Sooch Express. Here's here's Joe. He's got his bag of coffee in one hand. He's walking out the exit, showing everybody his phone. Is this what you need, you some bitches? (laughs) And, of course, he'd buy the whole beans that he had to smash with his golf club. Yes, he brings home goes after him with the ball peen hammer. I was buying. Buying coffee this morning, having it ground, and a guy I have not previously met came up to me and said, funny to see you here in the crappy coffee shop. (laughs) Target didn't set a precise date, but a spokeswoman said the change would happen quickly and will be available in all of its more than 1,800 stores within several weeks. Until now, the only contactless payment Target accepted from a smartphone or other device happened via the wallet feature inside its mobile app. Target added that the payment featured the holders of its red card, credit, and debit cards in December 2017. Uh, those customers could use the Target app to combine cartwheel deals. You know what cartwheel is, Joe? Huh? No, we've okay. all stopped listening. No, no. Yeah, I know what cartwheel is. Yeah, right. well, they only put the deals online. It's when you it's put your hands you have down, to look, your legs yeah. flip up. What I want to know, is anybody here actually a Target shopper? I've been, yeah, I've yeah. Been so you've been uh, you've recently. been into the new uh, the new remodel. Yes. Yeah, I don't Kenny, like it. Seriously, I don't care for serious it. question because Rook doesn't have a computer apparently, or do you? I do. I need the size of the campfire that just occurred in California. I need the uh, the acreage burned in the campfire, and you'll know why uh, when we come back. Is that is that fine? That'll right. work. I need yeah. the acreage. Here we go. So last night I was clicking, and I came upon an American, uh, what's it called on PBS, American Experience. Yes. Yep. And it was the story of the Big Burn. That was a fire in 1910. The Great Fire of 1910. And uh, every single word I heard, it was well done. That was five years after the Forest Service began. They weren't really prepared or knew how to fight forest fires. Many people died, uh, homes destroyed, towns destroyed, and what have you. It occurred in uh, Idaho and western uh, Montana. The Great Fire of 1910, also known as the Big Blow-Up, the Big Burn, or the Devil's Broom Fire, in north Idaho and western Montana with extensions into eastern Washington and southeast British Columbia in the summer of 1910. The area burned included large parts of the Bitterroot, Cabinet, Clearwater, Coeur d'Alene, Flathead, Kaniskou, Kootenai, Lewis and Clark, Lolo, and St. Joe National Forest. I've been to all those forests. All right, and they were attributing it to uh, extreme drought. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't PG&E to blame. Uh, lightning was the principal culprit. It burned 3 million acres. Right. Why I asked you to look up the 2018 California fire <laughs> season, Uh 1,893,000 acres, 1,893,913 acres, of which 153,336 acres were the campfire. I mention this because, and I'm not suggesting the uh, the people who produced this American experience were, were, were attempting to make a climate change statement, uh, but that would have been a reasonable suspicion of mine, considering that was done on PBS, but I didn't hear anything overt about that. My point being... Every single word they said was exactly what you heard all during 2018 in California. Conditions are too dry. We need rain. Mm -hmm. We're suffering from drought. That's 109 years ago. 
1910. Oh. Same exact duplication of what happened this summer in, in California. Sometimes the forests burn. And this was the result of lightning strikes. Okay, which, right, you can't stop. And it was horrible. It was just uh, the fire season started early that year because the spring and summer of 1910 were extremely dry. And the summer sufficiently hot to have been described as like no others. Forests that, by the way, like uh, the campfire forests, teeming with dry fuel. Yeah, but my point being, all you were told... Well, again, it's part of the template that climate change is real. So anything that occurred now in California had to be the result of evil humans driving minivans, only to discover that a judge said, wait a minute, you got PG&E with faulty equipment here. Sparks started these fires. 1910, it was lightning that started the fires. What's the difference? Yeah, locomotives, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah, locomotives barreling down the tracks with sparks coming from right. the coal. Right, exactly. And, and that's why they switched to diesel eventually. The Great Fire of 1910 was a million acres larger than the fire season in 2018 in California. But you have the likes of Jerry Brown and others saying it's the end of the world. Right. Humans have ruined the planet. This is why we're having these fires. Our spring and summer were too dry. So they were in 1910. <laughs> There's a cycle somewhere. And here you have in 1910, and th- this was produced without any sense of irony whatsoever. It was produced very factually. They so weren't. the irony was just sitting there waiting to be observed by people like me watching this and thinking, oh, wait a minute. I'm hearing everything I've been told right. all last year about the causes of devastating forest fires. Right. The only difference, really, the only, well, there is two differences. One, the Great Fire of 1910 was a million acres larger than the fire season in California. And two, it burned where people basically weren't living. I was going to ask, what, were there fatalities? Or? No town like Paradise, uh, California okay. went up in blaze. There were like 80 or 88 fatalities, and the majority of them were firefighters in the 1910 blaze. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be interesting, too. I know we referenced this. It might have even been yesterday. To get some type of California DNR expert, Joe, you had mentioned the, the the harvesting of trees, not being able to do that in the state of California, which some speculated that might have led to the, the amount of devastation that California has faced in, in the year 2018. Mm-hmm. The Great Fire of 1910 cemented and shaped the U.S. Forest Service, which at the time was newly established department on the verge of cancellation, facing opposition from mining and forest interests. Uh, Before the epic conflagration, there were many debates about the best way to handle forest fires, whether to let them burn because they were part of nature and were expensive to fight, or to fight them in order to protect the forest. Uh, One of the people who fought the fire, Ferdinand Silcox, went on to become the fifth chief of the fire service, influenced by the devastation of the big blow-up. Silcox promoted the 10 a.m. policy with the goal of suppressing all fires by 10 a.m. on the day following their report. It was decided that the Forest Service was to prevent and battle every wildfire. More recently, this absolutist attitude to wilderness fires has been criticized for altering the natural disturbance mechanism that drive forest ecosystem structure, which paradoxically increases the destructive potential of forest fires. Uh, That's an interesting argument that we've been discussing, actually, in this state. It was 78 firefighters killed. Right. Uh, Oh, 78, not 88. I'm sorry. 
Um, but that's an interesting paradox, and we've been discussing that in this state with the Boundary Waters. And, you know, you can go either way with should we fight them or not, but I think the key ingredient here is when that storm goes through, when we have deadfalls, let the loggers go in there and clean this yeah. crap out of there. Turn it into houses. Yeah. Turn so, it into cabins. So they're but they're, everybody's, oh, the greedy logging company and the damage they're going to do. You know what? The damage they do building roads to get in there, they'll tear those roads down, and within five years, you won't even know right. there was a logging road there. Right. Let these guys in there clean this mess up, and we won't have fires, like, or, uh, fires that cause the extensive damage so fast like we did with the campfires. The so, only point i wanted to make was i just sat there in awe listening to you're telling me that 110 years ago you're telling me everything i've been hearing all year long Mm -hmm. about the fires in california there's nothing new here nature's going to do what nature does yeah right you're not going to stop it but you can use it as a uh, 2018 uh podium to uh promote lefty uh ideas why liberal why because um, I'll answer it. Okay. Because a very strong component of the Mysterian theology is merely the earth, not God. Hmm. Merely the earth. That's the new theology of the rich people who live around Lake of the Isles, but have multi-million-dollar cabins up on the North Shore of Lake Superior, but don't want don't don't want hey, don't cross my land here. Right. Yeah. I, I have another phenomenal weather event that I was unaware of. When we start the next hour. Can handle that. All right, garagelogic.com. You know where to go. You found us already. Tell your friends and neighbors. Garagelogic.com. Uh, rate us on Apple iTunes. We got some great features though to check out. Garagelogic.com. One click away for more Garage Logic podcast version coming up.